Hello, Ned here. Some of our more eagle-eared listeners may notice in this upcoming episode that the audio might sound a little bit weird in some places. We unfortunately had some technical difficulties with Christian McKenna's audio when we had to use our backup recording. doesn't come up too much, but just in case you do notice something, that's what's going on. In any case, hope you enjoy it. On with the show. Previously on ImpTab Avatar. More drama. Even more <laughs> drama than we experienced at the end of last time. Who would have thought? It got even worse. A very stressful ride across the desert towards the foggy swamp saw our characters having some very deep conversations, some very tense conversations about the fact that Jetsun led to the demise of Amar's mother. There was not necessarily forgiveness, but there was at least sort of a tenuous treaty as all of our heroes walked into the foggy swamp itself. Jetsun guiding in front of them, moving fog out of the way to see a little bit further ahead of them, but unfortunately not far ahead enough to avoid falling off of a log, eventually leading to everybody in the group splitting off in separate directions, all of them by themselves. And due to the strange spiritual, mystical nature of the Foggy Swamp, each of them began to experience visions. Zaya, unfortunately, experienced a painful vision of the past, which led her off into the woods by herself, and she fell down in her mind into a big old pit in the water, trying to save her younger brother from falling under himself. We do not yet know what happened to her. But we did follow Jetsun and Amar, who each in their own way managed to meet up with Amar's grandfather, who led Jetsun back to Amar's home village, the same village that Jetsun had attacked all of those years and years ago, telling him to watch out essentially for Amar's father, and who led Amar also back to that old childhood village where he saw a vision of his father pain-stricken after the loss of Amar's mother, and told him that he did not blame Amar for following in his father's footsteps, but that his father, he believed, was deceived in some ways, and eventually led Jetsun and Amar back to each other in the foggy swamp. And as they began to come out of their visions, realizing that they were still, in fact, in the foggy swamp, they went off looking for Zaya, but found a very different girl, a young swamp bender in a weed dress, who pointed at them very aggressively and asked, what are you doing in my swamp? What is up with this little girl? Where is Zaya? Let's find out here in the world of Avatar Legends. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to ImpTab Avatar, the Avatar Legends actual play where we make up almost everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Caleb Anderton, local dinosaur. Again, a steel, sleepy, sleepy boy. And Christian Randall, still a little mm, groggy. Everybody, in a very unexpected and severe turn of fate, we are recording this super early in the morning instead of super late at night for the first time. It's weird. It was my own fault. I'm so sorry. No worries. You're pursuing your dream. You're becoming a professional actress out there on the stage. Yes, I just got my first paycheck. And it feels <gasps> nice. Wow. Well, to my understanding, that paycheck makes it 100% official. We can now no longer call McKenna an aspiring professional actress. McKenna just straight up is a professional actress. Baby. 
Did I just spike the mic? Possibly. <laughs> well, everybody, we uh, have some stuff to figure out what's going on. So once again, to kind of describe this young girl to you that you now see in front of you, she is fairly small, about 14 or so years old, sort of tannish skin, dirty blonde hair in dreadlocks, greenish brown eyes, walking barefoot, a dress made out of swamp weeds. She's got a couple markings on her face as well. Uh, sort of almost tribal looking markings, just some mud kind of smeared under her eyes and over her nose and some vines and creepers tied into her dreadlocks kind of like scrunchies almost <laughs> and she points at you accusingly and again asks you, what are you doing in my swamp? Oh, uh, child, we didn't mean to trespass we're looking for our friend have you seen another woman? she's older than you we got separated and we We've seen some strange things in, in the mist. Oh, you mean that, that pretty waterbender girl that we found just a while back? Yes, that's the one. Is she pretty? Yes. So wait. <laughs> so wait, you're working with that waterbender. You're not working with that big, fat, sweaty waterbender who showed up a while back, are you? No, but we are looking for him. He's done something that we need to question him about. Uh, seems he may have some information we need. Seems like he may have been dealing in some shady history. I'm not sure what he's doing here. She's still looking at you with her eyes kind of narrowed a little bit. And she's like, okay, well, he is a very just overall unpleasant sort of individual to be around. So I'm going to take your word for it for now. I'm glad to hear he's not, like, incredibly important and nice here. It'll make our job a little bit easier of actually trying to get information out of him, hopefully. They've turned Rogan Maruto into their king. <laughs> that would be super inconvenient. Yeah, it would. <laughs> and she says, well, good luck getting to that guy, because he's got a little posse of people all around him. They've kind of secluded themselves off in one corner of the swamp that we don't often go nearby, but... I've been watching them for the past couple weeks. Just a bad situation over there. Don't like it one bit. I hope we can help. Now, you said the waterbender girl. She's all right? Oh, she's not all right. She's very unconscious at the moment, but we've got her back at our village. Hopefully, we can figure out what to do with her. Oh, dear. We would like to see her, please. She narrows her eyes a little bit further, and she holds her hand out towards both of you with her pinky extended. I point back with my pinky. <laughs> And I go to touch my pinky to her pinky. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know swamp bender culture very well. There's not a lot of books on it. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, sorry, that was me making assumptions over here. She reaches out and she wraps her pinky around your pinky and kind of shakes the hands up and down in a sort of oath-making motion. Oh, what have I just done? I think you just sold your soul. We've just made a promise that I'm going to trust you for now, but if you do anything sketchy, I'm going to chuck your head under the water and hold it down there as long as I possibly can. <laughs> I love her. I better not do anything sketchy then. She hops up onto one of the logs and starts walking along it, her arms out to the sides, kind of steadying herself. And she gets to this curtain of vines and reaches out with her hands. And she reaches out and pulls her hands apart. And you see the vines themselves also part along with the movement of her hands. And she says, all right, now follow me. And starts walking through this tunnel in the vines that she's made. Whoa. This is incredible. What kind of bending is this? This is plant bending. There's water inside the vines and we learn how to move that. Whoa. Uh, my mind is racing with the possibilities. Think of it. An army of cactus walking across the desert controlled by waterbenders. Unstoppable. 
she continues to move the vines out of the way, and every so often when she reaches a section that's difficult to step over, you see some of the tendrils from her swamp weed dress will also go shooting out and almost like tentacles kind of moving her along. That's amazing. <laughs> that's super cool. She's like Dr. Octopus. Eventually, she takes you out into this clearing, but as you get close to the clearing, you can hear off in the distance this rhythmic music playing. It's got this very sort of down-to-earth sort of feel to it, and as the vines finally part, you look around and you can see there's this very large area here in the swamp where there are no trees. There's a couple sort of mounds that are supporting some different structures throughout the place. There's also buildings up on some stilts in the water and there's this entire little village here in the middle of the swamp in this clearing and you see various people milling about there are some people who have these large sort of water craft that they're sitting in and they're propelling their arms almost like fan blades moving themselves across the water not too far off you can see there's a big old fire pit where people are roasting rodent looking critters and insects and stuff over this fire turning the spit as they go and she starts leading you through all of these people and you're getting a lot of interesting stares as you're coming through. Oh, I'm not surprised no one else has found this place. You seem very secluded out here. Um, are we intruding? Oh yeah, you're intruding, but I'm at least giving you the okay to be intruding at the moment. Thank you. We appreciate it. How far is our friend? She's right up over there in Rui Pan's hut. Uh, who was that? Oh, Rui Pan? He's the shaman of the Swamp Benders over here, and I am his pupil. And she holds herself up a little higher and points at her chest with her thumb and gives a very proud smile. Oh, oh forgive my rudeness. Uh, what was your name? Oh, my name's Kiyomi, by the way. I suppose I should get your names as well so I can know who my intruders are, at least. My name is Jetsoon of the Library. It is nice to meet you, Kumi. My name is Amarukami. As you're moving along, she kind of stops a little bit and gives you a quizzical look, and she's like, What is a library? Oh, this is exciting. I have a lot to tell you and your shaman about, apparently. <laughs> As you're moving along, you tell her about like these collections of writings, and she's very excited because she can read and she can write. That's one of the things that Rui Pan has been teaching her in her preparation to become the shaman of the Swamp Benders, and eventually leads you to the hut and parts the vines that are making the curtain in front of the door. And inside, it's very warm. There's kind of some incense smoke swirling around inside of here. And on the far side of the hut, you can see there's a little low bed that's been set up and there are some candles around there. And you see three figures. One of them is lying down unconscious on the table and it is Zaya. And there are two other figures, one at the head of this bed. You notice that she has water that she's kind of moving around Zaya's head and face. A very older woman with her hair back in a silver bun. A very round and kind of pleasant face. And sort of crouched down just next to her is a man of similar age. Uh, they both appear to be in their 80s or their 90s. And he has kind of long, shaggy hair just kind of sticking out in every direction. And he himself is wearing a little kilt made out of swamp leaves and stuff. He sees you all walking in and turns to face you and says, Ah, now kill me. I see you've made some friends here. Bring them on over. Who are these people? And she leads you over and introduces you to Rui Pan, the shaman of the Swamp Benders. I'll walk over to Zaya as close as I can without interfering with what's going on uh, and just ask, 
Is she doing all right? Is she okay? And Rui Pond comes over and sort of reaches out and says, Now, now, don't you be bothering Mama Millie while she's doing her work over here. And she says, Oh, now, Rui Pond, don't you worry. I'm always excited to meet new people. You come right on over here, darling. What's your... Well, let me take a look at you. And she reaches out her hands and she grabs one of your sideburns with each of her hands, <laughs> kind of like she's pinching your cheeks and just starts kind of wiggling your face back and forward. Oh. Yes, good to meet you too. She starts looking deep into your eyes, kind of squints and says, You've seen some stuff, young and ain't you? Uh, yeah, I, I guess I have. Well, I'll get after your mind not too long, but first I gotta fix this little lady here. Yes, how is she? I, I want her to be okay. Uh, you people aren't used to the visions here in the foggy swamp, are you? She's got terrible things going around in her mind at the moment. I can't see none of them myself, of course, but oh goodness, there is darkness swirling about inside there. That's awful. She doesn't deserve that. Can you help her? Can you get it out? She chuckles and she says, Oh, I can understand the instinct to say that one does not deserve to experience difficult thoughts and memories, but if treated correctly, if treated with mindfulness and a sense of bravery and honest exploration, one can make it through better on the other side. Okay. But is she going to be all right? I guess better on the other side. That's that's the whole point, right? Oh, she'll be fine. Don't you worry, none. And she pulls over a little gourd that's been hollowed out, and she starts pouring something into Zaya's mouth. And Zaya, you instantly begin coughing and sputtering. You can feel your consciousness coming back to you. The first thing you'll see is Amar, like, right up in <laughs> your face. Are you okay? Oh, my lord. Uh, <laughs> where am I? Well, the swamp benders saved you. They, we found them, or they found us, and we are here. Uh, apparently, their shaman and this waterbender lady just did some healing on you, so you should be feeling better, I hope. Oh, am I feeling good? Uh, your body is a little bit achy. You don't exactly know what happened while you were unconscious in this vision, but your mind is understandably achy as well. So I still remember my vision, though. I just don't remember what happened while I was unconscious. Correct. Okay, cool. We saw some weird stuff out there, Jetsun and I. I'm assuming you did, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, they were talking about visions, so uh, apparently that's a thing here. It's good to see you back. Good to see you too. Um, turn to Mama Millie. Uh, thank you for, for your help. I, re- I really appreciate it. Oh, don't you worry, none. This here concoction, it'll cure anybody of what ails them. A little bit of swamp grape juice mixed with as much possum butter as I can find. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> I'm not going to ask what possum butter is. It's butter from a possum. What else would it be? <laughs> Uh, this entire time, I've been in the corner uh, with like a little notebook, scratching out notes about swamp bender customs, speech patterns, accents, the pinky promise sort of a thing. And I turn to the shaman and I say, Forgive my ignorance, but what is the proper way to greet you and Elder and an important figure in society? Am I meant to bow? Uh, oh, nothing quite so formal as that, youngin. Don't you worry. You just show up and you say hi. All right. Well, hello. As your apprentice said, yes, my name is Jetsun of the library. I've come here with my friends in search of a figure that I believe has already been identified by you. A large, sweaty waterbender from the north. Sweaty, very just totally unpleasant in every single possible imaginable way. That sounds very much like him, yep. Well, you see, young Kiyomi here, that is her proving grounds. If she wants to become the shaman of this here culture, she has to do something 
than difficult, so she has been assigned to take charge in ousting this terribly horrible man from our swamp here. Well, if, if she is allowed to accept outside help, we would very much like to assist her in this. We, we need to get in contact with him. He has taken something from us that we very much need to retrieve. Hmm, Kyume, do you want some help from these folks? And you look over to her, and as Rui Pan has been talking about this big mission that is hers, you see that she's been kind of nervous looking, kind of fiddling her hands together. She looks around, and she's kind of like, oh, well, I can I can do all this myself, but I guess if these guys feel so darn fired up about it, I guess they can come along if they want. Fired up is my middle name. I didn't know that. I write another note in my notebook. <laughs> these firebenders don't exactly deal with subtle to do they? <laughs> so... You said he was holed up. Sorry, I'm not used to your colloquialisms. He was holed up somewhere. <laughs> Where was he holed up? Why are you talking like that? My question is, you've been around me this entire time, and I talk just exactly like this. <laughs> yeah, but when everyone's doing it, it can become very infectious. Yeah, don't you worry. I can lead you to where those people are. And Mama Millie's like, well, before you go off, I need to cook you some food. You must be famished after your long journey. I would actually love something to eat. Do you have anything that's vegan or vegetarian? Oh, well, we have plenty of all sorts of vines and weeds and roots that we can cook up for you. Sounds delicious, I hope. Yeah, she cooks you up essentially the swamp version of collard greens, just tons and tons and tons of possum butter. That sounds good. I don't know about the possum butter, so I don't recognize that it's not vegetarian. <laughs> and she does make sure to not put in any of the flying boar bacon, which oh. she feels a little bit heartbroken about, but she wants it to still be vegetarian, at least for you. Excuse me, I will take all of his flying boar bacon, please. Oh, good to know. It's not going to waste a young man such as you. You need lots of protein, don't you? And she reaches out and grabs your sideburns again. Oh, yep. That's right. I do my squats every morning. I have to fuel up. And Ripon slaps you on the back and says, now that's what the young people should be doing. Training their bodies. I didn't get to look this jacked in my old age without quite a few squats myself. <laughs> is he jacked? Uh, not as jacked as maybe he thinks he is, but he does have some muscle definition down like on his legs and whatnot. Um, as we're eating... I'm, I'm eating, but not much interest in it. I'm eating because I have to, not because I want to. Uh, Zaya, I'm assuming you've been unconscious the whole time you've been here, so you probably haven't had any chance to discuss your mission with these people. No. No, I haven't really had a second. Well, would you like to? <laughs> oh, um, yeah, um... So we are um, coming from the Wan Tong Library, um, and Wan Tong has asked that I learn about some of your bending styles. Um, I'm a waterbender. Um, if I could just watch you and take notes at some point, I would appreciate it. Am I noticing that she's kind of talking the same way that she did when she first arrived at the library? Very kind of unconfidently. And Ummy. Mm -hmm. Hey. <laughs> Ummy. Um, I give her a sideways look and I look at Amar and I'm like, I can't. My group's out of balance. I can't do nothing. Um, I very subtly, as subtly as I can, try and have a very slight swampy breeze blow through using my airbending to hopefully turn Amar's head 
towards, not like slap his head sideways, but like... No, slap his head, slap his head. <laughs> like, hopefully it will get him to look mm-hmm. in her direction so that he can see what I'm seeing as well. What she's trying to say is, you probably noticed that she's never been around you guys, but she talks like you. And that's so cool. I mean, she's from the Southern Water Tribe. Is that where you guys came from originally? This is all so exciting. When you mentioned that, Rui Pond kind of perks up and he's like, Well, I do have some old written records here in the back. Not too much use for writing here in the swamp, but it's nice to have a little bit of where we come from. And he pulls out this scroll and starts reading this. It's kind of like how when you read through old English compared to modern English, it's kind of hard to understand. This is old swamp bender. So it's like (laughs) even more colloquial, even more casual. Just this story about how it was too cold in the South. So we came to a place where it was warmer and settled the swamp benders here. Uh, Not too much elaboration beyond that, but essentially, yes, this confirmation that these are the people that you've been looking for. That's amazing. And you've just been here ever since. Yes, it's mighty pleasant here. We don't have to worry about things getting too cold. Stuff stays pretty warm here. We usually don't have to worry about people coming in from the outside, except for that terrible, unpleasant waterbender who showed up recently. But you guys are fine. I mean, you, you come from the south. No matter how far back the generations go, we're still kin. Have you ever wanted to leave and just go see what it's like? And you're looking around at each of the individuals trying to kind of gauge their responses. And Rupan and Mama Millie are both like, oh, no, it's perfectly fine here in the swamp. Who would ever want to leave this place? And you look over at Kiyumi and she's just kind of like, yeah, why would would anybody ever want to leave the swamp? (laughs) Why would anybody want to go out and see what's going on in the wide world out there? All those exciting new horizons to check out. Why would anybody want to leave this place? Noted. <laughs> I mean, did you just learn just how to, I guess, swamp bend? Well, you adapt to whatever circumstances life puts you in, and when you're in the swamp, you learn how to bend the swamp itself. And Kiyomi here, she is one of our star pupils. She's one of the finest benders we've ever seen coming up in this generation. Kind of jostles her shoulders a little bit, and she's looking a little embarrassed at all this attention she's getting. Now, if you're looking for a teacher, someone who can teach you how to plant bend, you found the right person right here. Well, I'd very much like to see what you can do, if that's all right. She stands up from the table and is like, Well, I'm finished with my dinner. If you're ready to go out and do some training, then I'm more than eager. Oh, um, yeah, I might, I might just sit and take some notes if that, and, and watch you. Um, Taking notes is boring. You gotta get there into the muck. You gotta be moving them yourself. Zaya, wait till you see it happen. It's so cool. She was, like, bending vines out of the way and sometimes having vines help her walk over logs and stuff. It was so cool. You would love it. I am, like, shaking. Like, visibly shaking. Um, okay. Uh, Mama Millie, can we be excused? Oh, yes, you go and enjoy yourselves. And Rui Pan says, but no games, just make sure this is training. You have to focus on your future as a shaman. No time for fiddle-faddle, no games, just make sure you train this girl, okay? And is saying it with a smile, but Kumi's like, yes, of course, Rui Pan, no games, just training. Why don't we let the young folk go out? I'll, I'll stay with you too, if that's all right. I took a bit of a tumble earlier and my hip is still aching. On, on, on you go. And I'm going to try and usher out Zaya and Amar to go do the training. And as they walk out, Mama Millie shakes her head a little bit and turns to Jetsoon and says, Oh, she is going through some terrible stuff in her heart, isn't she? Yes, I, I apologize. You've caught our group at a rather formative moment. We're all going through a bit of, uh, oh, it's, it's, it's been a rough couple of days, but 
there's an energy here I think can help us. Uh, there's some healing in the air, I feel. Yes, this is a spiritual place. There are energies here that can heal the mind if you will let them. It might be difficult, but we can certainly help you along the journey we've experienced at many times ourselves over our many decades of life. But I think you need to ask yourselves, what opportunities do you want to get from this place? What do you want to have when you leave? I want you to truly ask yourself, what are you doing in my swamp? <laughs> These are incredibly wise words, Mama Millie. <laughs> if you find yourselves in need of some spiritual guidance, you just come to me or my husband here and we'll be able to help you out. Absolutely. Would you mind if I took a moment to meditate and center myself? In it? Uh, it's been a shaky couple of days. Oh, not at all. You can go find any one of these trees over here. We've got all kinds of hunting stains that we put up where it's nice and quiet. Thank you. I'll, I'll do that. Um, I'd like to try and kind of sneak out behind the group that just left and find a high vantage point in one of the trees to be able to see them practice while I'm meditating. All right. So Zaya and Amar, you go out into the middle of the swamp area here. You go to a section near the edge of the trees where you can see some vines coming down into the water. And Kumi says, all right, now just watch this. Watch the technique and starts moving her arms in this very sort of organic way, almost as if it's mimicking the wind blowing a willow branch. And you see as she moves her arm, the vines begin to pick up and to move along with her. Wow. I told you it's so cool. Imagine the pranks you could pull by controlling vines, <laughs> tripping people while they're walking along. <laughs> it would be really funny. And what did it? What exactly is it that you're doing? It's just the water and the plants. Sure, it's the water and the plants. That's the stuff that actually lets me move the plant. But it's more than just knowing that there's water inside. You gotta think like a plant. You gotta be flexible. You gotta let your mind move along with the plant. But every so often, just as when one of those branches gets caught in a sharp wind and she snaps the vine, and like a bullwhip, it cracks in the air. Sometimes you gotta be a little harsh. A little bit of a smile returns briefly to Zaya's face. Quickly fades, but returns for a moment. Wow. How long have you been bending for? Oh, as long as I can remember. You know, when I was born, Ruipine and the others, they saw something special in me, I guess. I know I don't don't much see it myself, but they tell me that I've got a special spirit about me or whatever, and they've been training me ever since I was young. You're amazing. That, that's incredible. I mean, I'm, how does it differ from water bending? Just, I think I could kind of see, but just a little bit in the movement, but... What you have to realize is with regular water bending, you're just moving the water itself. It's not alive in the same way. Sure, there is energy that flows through the water, but it's more willing to just work with you. A plant, plant's another living being. You gotta connect your spirit with the plants. You can sure try and move the plant without its permission, but if you have the plant's permission, if you're on the same side, it gets that much easier. Oh, does that make sense? I think, I think I'd like to try. All right, let's go ahead and roll the training move then for the water whip technique. So we're going to ask those four questions again. First, is your balance in line with center or are you free of conditions? I am free of conditions, but I'm not in center. As long as you meet one of the criteria, then you're fine. Do you and your teacher share at least one background? So your backgrounds are wilderness and urban. Uh, this is definitely a wilderness area, so you've got that in common. Wait. Does your teacher agree with your reasons for training and learning? I would say yes in this instance. Yeah. And is the technique easy to grasp based on your current training, experience, and skills? I mean, I'm a waterbender. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll leave this one up to you. If you think so, I mean, plant bending is different, so I could see it being not easy, but you are a waterbender, so I could see it being easy. I'll leave that choice up to you. Um, Right now, I'm going to say it will not be easy. Going through some stuff. Yep. Okay, so that's two plus ones and one minus one, so you're going to roll plus one for the training move. Yep. Okay. Seven. That is still a partial success, and on a seven to nine, either takes more time than usual, or you must mark two conditions. Um, I'm going to mark troubled and guilty. Okay. You go in there, you start moving the vine, and you start thinking back, and it's like, this is really cool, this new ability that I'm discovering. What if I could have done this back in the day? Would that have made a difference? And you can feel kind of these emotions welling up inside of you. The vine starts to flail around kind of wildly. You go to crack it and there's this big snap and you can see the tip of the vine itself kind of goes flying off. You have learned the technique, but Kyumi looks over at you and says, you, uh, you doing all right over there? Drop the vine immediately. Just fine. It's a... Uh really really cool move it's a, a little hard to control i have to get used to it but thank you for teaching it to me and yeah, no worries i mean it's all new stuff i mean i'm sure you've got stuff you can do that i couldn't even imagine no i'm not very good at water bending are you kidding there was one time where she was throwing rings of ice at the giant buzzard wasps it was so cool rings of what now of ice she turned the water into ice you know you did what to the water Turned it to ice? Okay, you're saying this word, and you're not telling me what it means. Where, when the water becomes really, really cold and turns into a hard thing. It's frozen. You've never seen ice? I've never seen this thing in my life. It doesn't get cold here in the swamp. I'm going to try and take some water out of my pouch and just freeze it in my hand and show her. And her eyes just bug out of her head. You can touch it. She reaches out and pokes it and kind of shakes her finger like, I've never seen anything that cold in my life. And I'm going to like move my hand so it all breaks and like crumbles. She is staring wide-eyed at these little bits of ice floating around on the surface. And she's like, can you teach me how to do that? Yeah, yeah, I, I can try. Saya, I'm going to lean close to you and say, man, you could blow their minds with snow cones. <sighs> Okay, go ahead and we'll have you roll the training move again, but kind of in reverse this time. So still be a, well, actually now that you do have conditions, it'll be a flat zero to train. Eight. All right, that is a partial success. Kiyomi starts like reaching out to the surface of the water and you can see like when the surface of water first starts to freeze, there's kind of those little spider webs of crystals that appear over the top. She starts doing that, but you can see beads of sweat forming on her forehead. She gets kind of frustrated and she reaches out and she kicks through the ice and it goes flying into the air. She goes, I'll keep trying. I'll keep trying. But that's a good first start. I mean, honestly, I couldn't do ice until... 15, I feel like. Okay, yeah. I, it's just it's so unusual. I've never tried anything like this before. It usually comes pretty easy, but yeah, I'll, I'll keep trying this one. Yeah, and I lived in the ice. You're living out here in a swamp. That's you true. just learned about it for the first time. It's okay. Yeah, don't worry. We'll, we'll figure it out together, you and me. Yeah, and I give her a little side hug. And she looks up at you with admiration and then looks over at Amar and is kind of glancing between the two of you. And she was like, you mentioned earlier that you guys do pranks on people. Oh, yeah. That's kind of our thing. We're kind of a dynamic duo. You know, anytime we see an opportunity to cause a little mischief, a little harmless fun, we usually do it. Isn't that the right, Zaya? Yeah. 
And and what's it what's it like? Pulling a prank? You have never pulled a prank on anybody in your whole life. Well, I'm uh, grown up to be the shaman. I'm not supposed to fritter away my time with little trivial stuff like that. I'm supposed to just focus on my training. Can I tell you something? What's that? As a shaman with a great position of power comes a great responsibility to do pranks on people. You can do them so much better from a position of power. Okay, I was going to say, th- the first part of that, you were sounding a lot like Rui Pan, but then it took a big old 180 right in the middle there. <laughs> Zaya, we have to help this girl. She needs our guidance. Yeah, we can help while we're here, and honestly, if we're helping you with this big sweaty guy we're looking for... Oh, I, just terribly unpleasant overall. I, that's what I've heard. I, I think we could find some opportunities to pull some pranks there, I guess. that is brilliant. So we prank the mobsters so I don't get caught by Rui Pound and Mama Millie. Mm Mm-hmm. That way we don't get you in any trouble. I I would hate to get you in trouble. And you notice her fingers are just kind of fidgeting and the little bits of vines and weeds around the hem of her dress are starting to kind of slither around a little bit. Are you you just excited? Oh, yes. Sorry, sorry. She shakes her hands out and her dress goes limp. It's just a... You know, I'm not supposed to fidget. It's 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 not becoming of a of a future shaman. I got to be cool and serene. I think it's totally fine. They're just old fashioned. Oh, well, they're they're nice. They're nice. You know, I'm I'm excited to be the shaman. It's a uh, it's it's a big thing. It's a big deal. You can be honest. They're not right here. She peers around you, looking over at the hut, and sees that they're still in the back, just chowing down on some flying boar bacon. And she gets in really close to both of you, and she says. I've never been outside the foggy swamp before. You know, it's great here. It's lots of fun. I got all my my friends here, and I've got this responsibility. But people like you, I mean, we don't have anybody like you here in the swamp. We don't have anybody who can bend fire or air. We don't have anybody who's ever seen ice before. It seems like a, a cool world out there. It is a pretty cool world out there. Have you said anything about that to them? Oh, well, no, of course not. I mean, I've got my duty. They're they're expecting me to grow up to be the shaman, and so that's that's what I do. And I don't want to disappoint Mama Millie or Rui Pine or anybody else here in the swamp. Well, shouldn't a shaman be all knowledgeable about everything? Well, Rui Pine does know everything, doesn't he? He's uh he's old and wise. That's that's what you do. You become old and wise, and then you know everything. You can only become old and wise by going out and doing lots of things and making lots of mistakes and learning from lots of people. And you can't quite do that from sticking your whole life in one spot. And her mind is reeling. She's just heard somebody for the first time in her life say that it's a good thing to make mistakes. And she kind of shakes her head and her dreadlocks go flying around a bit. And she says, okay, we'll go find that terrible, horrible, damp man. We'll pull some pranks on him. I'm and sure he has some ridiculous qualities. No, none. None he made at a all. terrible man. And yeah, we'll pull some pranks on him and we'll see how it goes. I think that sounds wonderful. That is the perfect place to start because one of the rules of pranking the worse the person is, the better it is to pull pranks on them. Oh, so I should have absolutely no moral quandaries whatsoever about pulling pranks on this man. Absolutely none. Okay, well, you know, I am supposed to get him out of the swamp, so maybe a couple pranks is the way to do it? It's a great place to start. All right, I'm excited. This is going to be fun. And, yeah, we can, we can grab your airbender friend. I'm sure he loves pulling pranks as well. Oh. Let us talk to him about it first. Yeah, we could. Let's do it first initial lesson, and then we can tell him about it later, maybe. Yeah, he is old, but sometimes he's not very wise. We need to explain <laughs> things a little bit longer to him. He likes them, but he's just not the best at them, you know. And once again, her 
mind is kind of reeling that you just called somebody old but not wise, and those things do not match in her mind. <laughs> but you guys go heading off to Jetsu, and you kind of glance back at her, and you see that she's got her hand in front of her eyes, pointed down with one finger downward, and there's a little drip of water coming off of it, and she's got her eyes squinted at it, and she turns her hand upward, and you can see the drop is still pointing straight up off of her finger, now frozen in ice. And she gives a little smile as you guys continue heading off towards Jet soon. I kind of like her. She's pretty cool. I think she's awesome. Hey, you did a great job back there, you know. Oh, no, thanks. I, I'm sorry that I, I, it got a little out of control. I'm sorry. Hey, it's okay. I mean, you, you were a student, you learned something new, and then you turned around and you were a teacher as well. And that was super cool. Look how you just improved her life with your bending. I've never taught anyone before, so I didn't really know how to do that. So it turned out pretty good for the first time, I guess. Yeah, I'd say you're pretty good at it. Maybe you should think about doing it more. Maybe I'll write down some notes about it. By the way, I- I've had this for a little while, but I wanted to give it to you. Um, and I'll reach into my uh, one of the pockets in my jumpsuit, and I will pull out the secret thing that I went to get while we were still in Bossing Say. I pull out a waterbending scroll. I don't know about this stuff, but I did some shopping while we were in Bossing Say before we left, and I found this. It's a water-bending scroll of some sort. I'm not sure what exactly or where it's from, but I thought you might like to have it, and I, I got it for you, and I've been waiting for a good time to give it to you. So here it is. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's very kind. You're welcome. I, I just noticed how much improvement you've been making lately. I, I know that at the beginning when I first got here, you... You were pretty timid about your bending and things like that, and I've just noticed you grow even through the short time that I've been here, and I thought this might help you continue that. It, I think it's a good thing. You, I like the you that I see when you are confident about your bending. I'm looking over the scroll as you're talking. Um, that, that is very kind. Amar, sometimes you can make mountains of improvement. And one single thing can send you tumbling back. And while I really appreciate this gesture, it will probably be a minute before I actually use it. And I don't want you to feel sad about that. And I thought I should be honest. And I didn't want to make you upset. A drop of water hits the scroll, and then I close it up real fast. Hey, it's okay. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to dig anything up. Was... Oh, you're fine. It was the visions, wasn't it? I silently nod my head. And I'll just kind of come close and I'll gently grab her shoulder with one hand. Listen, you don't have to tell me, and I'm not going to ask, but I want you to know that I'm always here if you need to talk to somebody. I saw some stuff out there that was... Some of it was comforting and some of it was upsetting. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. But uh, just so you know, I'm kind of fond of you, and I want to see you do okay. So if you ever need to talk to somebody, I'm here, okay? I'll just rest my head on your shoulder as we're walking back. Every now and then, just like a tear or two. And as you guys head off to catch up with Jetsoon, getting ready to go prank Roken, I think that is a good place for us to pick up next time. Whew. So Bossing say we're always on the verge of, you know, being kidnapped and dying. And the Foggy Swamp, we're always on the verge of failing and crying. <laughs> I was trying to keep it lighthearted, but then I was like, that's not how Zaya feels. And that's not how Avatar works either. It is a lighthearted show overall, but they go through the heavy stuff too. I'm sorry, we have to go through the heavy stuff. <laughs> that's the good stuff sometimes. I- it's awesome. 
awesome. I'm loving it. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that our audience is probably having a good time getting to see these characters growing and learning about what makes them tick. That's a pretty sturdy limb to go out on. <laughs> and very fun that we're getting to know Kiyomi a little bit yes. more. This is a very fun character that Ellie has let us play around with. I love her. I love her. I love She's her. She's so fun. <laughs> Way to go, Ellie. Well, everybody, thanks so much for listening to ImpTab Avatar, and we'll be back next time with more adventures in the world of Avatar Legends. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as a southern woman with a kitchen full of butter if you would go ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop, so if you'd like to connect with us there, you know, maybe you'd like to talk with us about the emotional damage that we are going through, don't be afraid to reach out. We're also going to plug three of our Sticker Club patrons. Ooh. First up is our newest Sticker Club member, Sarah Martin, Connor's wonderful girlfriend. And I might ruffle some feathers by saying this, but I'm going to say that Sarah Martin is the only peach pie out there who is sweeter than Lila Bell herself. <laughs> I can confirm that. Sarah, thank you so much for joining. We're glad to have you on the team. Next up, we've also got Adrian Garneau. Adrian is the person who learned how to milk possums and turn that milk into butter. Wow, wow. congratulations. I'm a little concerned, but way to go. And then the last person we're plugging this week is Aaron Parrott. Maybe Aaron Perrett. I don't actually know how to pronounce this name. I'm just realizing. <laughs> but uh, again, this is Jitsun's most promising pupil. Currently at the Northern Air Temple doing a bit of damage control while Loeb Seng does some damage control down at the Southern Air Temple. Doing a good job up there. People got to help me out. I'm a bit of a mess. Yeah, a little bit. Now let's do a round of plugs. I think I'll take that That's this time. It's been a while. As always, we've got our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, which is a D&D 5e actual play going through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. I think I mentioned recently that we've got Josh Lorimer from Sneak Attack, who is a guest star for a few episodes, and I laughed harder than I've ever laughed in an episode of I Cast Fireball. He's an amazing performer. He brought such an amazing vibe to the story. Go check it out. It's super fun. And go check out Sneak Attack and Titans of Altera as well. Those are the podcasts that Josh has been part of. Kind of the first actual play podcast in the family-friendly scene. And uh, yeah, doing great stuff with those. Absolutely love them. We've also got a big old backlog of Fate Accelerated campaigns that we're pretty happy with. Go check those out. We'll give a special mention to Animal Station because we've already talked about Lila Bell a little bit. It's a darling and fun time. And then the last thing that I'm going to plug is I'm just going to give a shout out to our friend Holly Watson, who back in one of our D&D campaigns played a little southern granny by the name of Mama Millie. And so this is a tribute to her and all of the wonder that she's brought into our life with all of the buttery foods that she's made for us. She's so wonderful. I love Holly. Mm -hmm. We love you, Holly. Thanks for being a beautiful light in this world. You're an angel. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us here in the world of ImpTab Avatar 10,000 Things. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... Caleb Anderton, playing Amarukami. McKenna Steele, playing Zaya. And Christian Randall, playing Jetsoon of the Library. Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next time on ImpTab Avatar. Charging my dice does nothing. Well, you also were <laughs> fiddling with them before you rolled, remember? That's, no, I wasn't. You rolled like this with your hands. When? Just before you rolled. You were getting nervous for your roll and you, you decharged your dice. You disrupted the charge.